We are here because we are dedicated to helping members of our community build lean, strong bodies and confident, resilient minds. Determined to elevate the lives of working professionals, stay-at-home parents, and anyone who is ready to level up their life. Our invigorating group fitness classes, practical nutrition programs, and authentic coaches help ignite your life. Find a place that believes in you. Find a place that challenges you. Find CrossFit South. All right, welcome back to the Southpaw Spotlight. We are here with Nick Manning today. I believe it's episode 21, and I told myself I was going to look ahead of time and forgot to, uh, but we're here with Nick, uh, doctor of physical therapy, owner of Grey Duck Physical Therapy, uh, also here at Moundsview, uh, opened up shop initially at CrossFit Southpaw and has subsequently grown quite a bit and uh, is out on his own uh, just down the street from our gym. So Nick, we're grateful to have you on here. Thanks for taking time to chat. Super happy to be here, man. Super happy to be here talking to you. Yeah. So one thing I like to start off with when we're, we're getting people on the show is just learning a, b- a little bit about kind of what got you to where you are today. And I know that you uh, played football growing up and have kind of yeah. been active and, and led a more active lifestyle for a long time. So how did you get into physical therapy? Um, I got into physical therapy. Um, you know, as an athlete, you have a ton of little injuries that pop up. Um, I actually blew out. Um, I've blown out both my ACLs um in my career and uh actually haven't had either of them repaired which is kind of cool um and just a testament to how cool the human body is and what it can adapt to um but played semi-pro football um you know after after doing high school football I didn't do college because of that ACL tear and just always had this huge fascination with with movements um being able to replicate movements pretty well um, led itself to wanting to do something career movement wise. And then the, the kind of linchpin was actually with my father. Um, he got super, super sick when I was in high school and he, uh, he had something that's called severe necrotizing pancreatitis. It's basically your pancreas tries to start like eating your, your insides out. Cause that helps the digestion and you're given a really small chance of living and, uh, and he pulled through, which was awesome, but he was in the hospital for so long that, um, you know, he had to relearn how to walk, relearn how to do everything again. And um, what was really cool for me is, as I talk, you know, surgeons and medical doctors, they, they saved my father's life, but rehab professionals gave me my father back, mm. right? Um, they, they really helped him become a, you know, return to his job, return to his role as the patriarch of our family. Um, and, uh, that was just extremely inspiring. And I, and I realized like, man, I can, I'd love to have that same impact on somebody else, even if it's just one person to just allow them to fulfill their, their, the roles that they want to fill in society and their job and their family, um, and not have those limitations. Yes. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff in there, Nick. And I didn't know that story. Um, I actually, have or, or had ulcerative colitis. It's a chronic condition where the the white blood cells attack the um, walls of your intestine as in my limited knowledge of it. But uh, the point being the, the 
body is fascinating and robust and I haven't had, I don't take anything for it. And I haven't had issues in, in a number of years, but sure. for a lot of people that, and a number of these other, um, whether it's diseases or movement dysfunctions that we see are mm-hmm. just written off as chronic, I think by the medical community. And there's, yeah. uh, can be, there, there are two sides of the coin to that, but I think what we're more interested in with where we are is really what you talked about, which is not just in saving the life, but in getting the life back, right? And what's the quality of life? That's exactly right. I think, you know, and there's a ton of research where the landscape is, is changing, you know, really over the past decade or two, where we're realizing just how much the human body is capable of restoring, um, yeah. whether it be movement patterns, um, how, you know, surgeries aren't as needed as they used to be because human body can adapt to so many things, at least in the musculoskeletal system. Um, and I think we're really opening up, you know, what the human body is capable of. I mean, look what CrossFit has done for, um, even like the, the female population, right. Being strong is beautiful. And, and I love how, you know, we used to have these notions of, you know, we don't want females to look masculine. We don't want this, you know, that, like, what are you capable in life? And it's so awesome to see, you know, so many things changing that you're capable of so much more than you think you are. And that the healthcare profession in general thought you were a decade or two ago. It's, it's really cool. So this is, uh, just kind of popped into my head, but you mentioned how that there's all this research coming about how incredibly adaptive and kind of restorative the body can be. And when we think about age, we often associate age with a numeric value and it's just exists on a, a kind of gradient and a continuum and we progress down, but really age is almost your body breaking down right. To a certain extent. I mean, there sure, is, sure. there's growth that happens initially, but then it's the, the body continuing to kind of get more brittle. Uh, when you look at the individual cells, uh, getting less limber, the, 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 um, you know, muscles, all that stuff. And you could speak much more to this, but you can see, you know, we have a person at the gym. I was just thinking about who's over 50 years old, who is throwing down with 20, 30 year olds compared yeah. to someone else who's 50 years old, who maybe hasn't taken care of themselves, um, in that same way. And there's a marked difference as far as, uh, not only quality of life, but also quantity of life, you know, remaining. Yeah, that's, that's huge. There's, there's so many studies leading up to this. One of my favorite ones is they took a look at triathletes in their forties, and then they compared them to two groups. They compared them to, um, sedentary or, or less active individuals at 40. And then they compared them to triathletes at 70 year old. And what they found is that the 40 and 70 year olds looked almost identical on all the scans, on all the measures. And it was, it was a huge, I had, I had an entire class on this in undergrad where basically was it, you know, nature versus nurture, you know, what choices you make versus what genes you get, how does age play into it? And it's super, super interesting where, you know, you are given genes, right? They're going to determine you know, certain features physically, how you look. Um, and uh, what's really interesting is like, there's this threshold that can kind of happen with the blueprints, for instance, you're given. So in my family, there's a ton of diabetes, there's a ton of heart health issues, there's a ton of all these things. So I know that's kind of like in my blueprint, but 
my actions kind of get to determine what genes are expressed to a certain degree. Yeah. Where there's there's so much of your choice, right? You look at, you know, scoliosis, you can say, oh my gosh, like the spine is bent. And, and obviously to the severe degree that can that can play a role. But then you got Michael Phelps over here who has scoliosis, yeah. right? And is yeah. and is when is the most prolific Olympic swimmer ever to a swim, right? Yeah. Um, and it's just so it's so cool to see the the research showing that like you're capable of so much, even things that you know, when I was learning in school. I'd be like, oh man, this patient has this diagnosis and this diagnosis. So they're probably going to cap out here. And as I just read more and more in the literature, it's like, no, 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 their caps way higher than that. They can do so much more. Yeah. Um, It's like your, your genes, you know, I I've often talked about this when you look at CrossFitters at the elite level, they all have a baseline amount of, uh, uh, of genetic potential, right? Like right. higher, higher red blood cell counts, higher hormone levels, whatever it happens to be faster recovery times, but that's kind of the, the a baseline. And from there, you can really expand it and write the rest of that story yourself. Where Absolutely. does that take you? Um, one, one thing that you mentioned early on talking about having torn both your ACLs, yep. um, growing up and talking about how, um, you know, most athletes experience, you know, um, some form of injury in their journey. Do you think that there is that kind of the, the athletic journey though, it doesn't, it doesn't necessitate that there's going to be injury, but that it's generally part of people's story. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think, I think pain is, is a universal experience. Um, and it, it, I, I talk to a lot of my patients this way, where pain is a lot like um, hunger, where it's, it's trying to drive you to do something, right? Mm-hmm. If you're hungry all the time, you probably need to look at something in your diet, right? Make, make yeah. a, a big change in your diet. If you're just hungry right now, you know, you can cover it up for a little bit with, you know, drinking a lot of water, um, some medication, or you can just eat something. Like it's trying to drive you to action. Or you can um, eat a lot of medication. So. Or you can, or you can <laughs> eat a lot of medication. Do I guess you could do that. Um, but when it comes to injuries, there's there's kind of this bell curve where um, a lot of people, for instance, think running is bad for your knees or running is bad for you. And there's this bell curve where the outliers on either end are like at the most risk for pain, right? You've got these ultra marathon runners where their biomechanics are being put to the absolute test time and time and time again. And then you've got the other person who's like running's bad for my knees. So I'm just not going to run at all anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and both those people, what we've found is they both experience more pain than somebody who sits in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, now is one more prone to injury. I would, I would argue not necessarily because the one who's doing less, their body hasn't had that adaptation, that ligamental bone density increases that are, that are very good from exercise. So, you yeah. know, stepping down a curb, they, they could get injured because could they've avoided their ankle, loading the legs Yeah, and versus on the other side where they're just loading it so much. So it's, it's a capacity issue, right? Yeah. Load versus you want capacity. to increase your capacity for event A, B, or C. Uh-huh. And there's, there's kind of a saying in PT where most injuries happen from doing too much too quickly after doing yeah. too little for too long. 
Yeah. Right. And it's, yeah. it's all about progressively implementing that capacity. Right. Totally. My, my first couple of times at CrossFit, I was destroyed and I was yeah. fit. Right. I thought I was fit and just absolutely straight where, you know, it's like, Hey, I'm going to start three times a week. And that was, that was at your suggestion, right. Way back yeah. at, at the other gym. And like, Hey, you might want to start coming in three times a week and slowly <clears> increase <throat> that capacity until you're at yeah. five days a week and, and all that stuff. So when it comes to injury, it's about capacity. And so there's a, a graph that I show to our, our coaches. I learned this from a, a company called active life that I have a lot of respect for, but they talk about, yeah. it's called the uh, load versus capacity graph. And they look at stress yeah. in throughout your life, right? So that could be not sleeping enough. Uh, it could be not eating enough, right? It could be a lot of stress at, at work because you're going for a promotion or you're being asked to perform multiple duties. It could yeah. be your kids, uh, soccer practice or whatever it happens to be, right? Your commute can be stressful. Right. Um, it doesn't mean it's necessarily bad stress, but it impacts your, your central nervous system. It, 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 it all intertwines in your body. And then you layer in exercise on top of that, right? So let's say your capacity, for those of you who can't see my hand, I'm kind of at the 50% the mark of the screen, right? If that's your current capacity, all those types of stressors are going to build up underneath it. And then yes. you layer in exercise uh, or physical activity on top. Some do, some don't. But the more we can kind of bump up against that capacity line and, and flirt with it uh, without overshooting it too much, we overshoot it. That's where we're going to start to see these acute style injury, right? But if we can bump up against it, we can actually move that capacity line up. And that takes a really um, kind of acute awareness on your side. And this doesn't exist necessarily on a, an hourly or daily level. This could be in a week, right? The stress you experience in a week. And it could be that one day you're going over it, one day you're under it. Um, but we have to balance and harmonize those. And then we get we can get into as well the you know, more acute injuries versus um, these longer term things that have been building up, right? So I think that this is a multidimensional and multifaceted faceted, but I love that idea of the capacity and the people who are way overshooting it all the time are just as prone to injury as the people who are undershooting it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think you hit it right in the head. Like the one thing that, that absolutely grinds my gears, which is going to turn into a pun in just a second, um, I realized is that people are very often implemented into the healthcare field and then treated like a car right? Mm -hmm. That you're just in an assemblance of parts and you are so just to, just much. Just to clarify for people real quick, what's a cog? Some type oh, of car. Gear, right? Sorry. I meant to say car. Oh, I thought you said, I was going to play no, off your no, gear. I, say car. I was trying to set you up for a joke and it didn't work. All right. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> car. Okay. Treat you like a car. That's actually yeah, helpful clarification. So here we go. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you're this body part that if we fix body part A, you're on body part B um, and yeah. you're going to be efficient again. But you hit it on the head. You're like, what's your stressors like? How, you know, if you had a more inflammatory couple of meals, uh, how's your hydration level? How is your sleep? Those are all going to affect your cortisol level. And what's super interesting is when it comes to like pain or something like that, it can, you can, your body can literally have, for instance, back pain just from being more stressed. It has nothing to do with your back. I have a great story for this. So, um, a, a, a physical therapist or chiropractor that I know, I'm not, I'm not sure what his official title is, but he had been, uh, <clears throat> he went to CrossFit. They had heavy deadlifts in the workout that day. He did all these deadlifts, whatever the Metcon was worked out. He went to, it was while he was in school. So he went and studied, I think it was during finals week or something, super long days. Um, you know, 
a, a lot going on. And his friend asked him to come to jujitsu that night and roll with him. And uh, he knew he shouldn't. This was like 7 p.m. at this time, but sure. he did it anyway. And on the first warm up, they were doing these rolls. It's a way to to teach you how to fall gracefully, if that's a way a thing. Sure. But um, he felt his back pull out of position. It would have been really easy to say, "Hey, it was rolling that did it. Don't do rolling anymore." Or right. um, it was uh, it was those deadlifts earlier in the day. Don't deadlift anymore. And really, it was just the accumulated volume of stress in his day right? Yeah. That was manifesting itself in this movement. So the, the, the way that the, that pain presents itself or the way that it manifests in your life, it does not necessarily line up with the activity that you were doing at that point. It can, right. but that's why it's helpful to have an outside perspective to say, Hey, let's evaluate what else is going on here. Cause you felt that pain in a very specific moment. And so you have this direct association with it, but that yeah. may not be what's the underlying issue is. Or it could be that there was something with his one knee was was blown out or something. And so he was compensating for it. his his hips were off and he felt it in his back, you know. Right. And that's it's it's so we call it the biopsychosocial bio um, model in PT where you treat, yes, biomechanics, but also you treat them like what's their social status? You know, are they going through something like a divorce or maybe their kids having trouble? Like that's going to be really stressful and that's going to affect them. Um, how's their cycle? Like how's their stress management? And it's so interesting, like deadlifts is a, is a great example where um, there, there's a study where it compared um, motor control for low back pain and deadlifts. And what they found is that people who came in and just deadlift, they just deadlifted, warmed up and just did deadlifts, got better in their back pain. Uh -huh. And it was one of those things where it was like, you know, there's this pervading theory that, oh, deadlifts are bad for your low back. I'm like, no. When, when implemented correctly with, with a good amount of awareness of where you are in that day, socially, stressfully. And in and, that capacity, that, that load capacity and, spectrum, right? And then implementing proper mechanics into that, um, you, get, you get this beautiful recovery. Uh, there's so many people that, that come into my office and like, I'm afraid to do blank. And I'm like, well, I can tell you exactly what we're going to do before your therapy ends. We're going to remove the fear of whatever blank is. And, you know, many people come into my office and they're like, you know, I've got back pain with deadlifts, I've got knee pain with squats, or I've got shoulder pain with presses. And I'm like, guess what? Three things protect your body. Deadlifts protect your low back when done correctly. Yeah. Squats protect your knees when done correctly. Presses, <clears throat> uh, presses protect, God, I just lost that word for a second, protect the shoulders when done correctly and yeah. implemented within a proper capacity within which takes that analysis of that psychosocial and within proper biomechanics. Right. And that's something we, we work on with individuals. We're like you need to be able to pressing. And this is where, you know, we're talking just a little bit, the continuum comes in, right. Of, yeah. of care and, and CrossFit puts this in there really well where, you know, you've got wellness or sickness to wellness to fitness. And, you know, so if you're in the gym, all the time. And every time you're deadlifting or kettlebell swinging or doing that hinge like motion, your back hurts. Right. And you start to eliminate that bio, that, that psychosocial aspect. Um, it's time to understand what maybe biomechanically is going on there. 
how you're doing what you're doing, how you're approaching it. So you're having this, this is, repeated pain <clears throat> with a particular movement pattern, in this case, a hinge, and yeah. you address other, the, the other, you said psychosocial. So like things in your life that are stressing you out, you right. remove those. So you're, you're pretty sure at this point that there is mechanically something not sound and yeah. or not, not firing correctly in your body. And that's a, a sorry, go ahead. That was helpful. Yeah. Go ahead. And this is where actually CrossFit kind of steps up the game, right? It, it completely goes against that whole deadlifts are bad for you. So we'll just use deadlifts for, you know, the, the remainder of this thing, um, of this example. But for me, CrossFit becomes an early detection signal, mm -hmm. right? Where like people that. are like, oh, I'm bad at this. My back always hurts with deadlifting. Okay, cool. But that's showing you that you're going to have problems when you're hinging later in life because CrossFit, right? The high intensity variable, but functional fitness, like in the level one handbook, they're talking, you know, they have this conversation um, with a doctor where the doctor's like, Oh, don't deadlift. And it's like, well, if you got a better way to pick up groceries, I'm all ears for this. Yeah. Right. And this is something I, I talk with, with a lot of patients where CrossFit is not bad for you. CrossFit reveals to you what you are bad at. Yeah. Right. And that is, and it is so helpful for me as a healthcare provider. We're like deadlifts always hurt. Well, that means because CrossFit puts that in at a high intensity level, because this is a functional movement. You're not, you're not getting away with life with not doing deadlifts. Sorry, mm -hmm. just not happening. But when you put that at that high intensity level, basically you're given that early warning. It's an early detection mm -hmm. signal for problems, yeah. right? Because you put so much intensity and so many reps in, your body is able to determine things going wrong. Yeah. Right. And but I think, I think CrossFit can, and I think we, we both agree with, on this, but CrossFit can be implemented very dangerously. When I first started doing it, yeah. I was uh, doing it on my own with disregard to volume. I had no training on how to do movements. I was watching videos online and some of yeah. that can be helpful in a, a way to learn. It, it can be imp implemented poorly, but what I think is uh, more important and relevant to our conversation to unpack is let's assume that this is kind of a standard CrossFit protocol. We have good, well-informed, well-intentioned coaches teaching you how to do the movements properly. CrossFit attracts a subset of the population who exist, who already generally have a very high capacity level. <clears throat> They have a lot of stress in their life. They're leaders in their community. They're involved in their kids and family functions. They're leaders in their household. They got all this stuff going on and they have been exercising for usually many years and they're trying to find something uh, something that jives with them that, that feels like the rest of their life where they can really be efficient and successful in it and not just spend time doing it, but really succeed in the, in yeah. the realm of, of fitness. And I think when you have those people who are, already high on the spectrum of overall, uh, but like biopsychosocial, is that what, am I using that yeah, right? Yeah, good job. Yeah. But they have high stress levels in general, um, that it's going to start to reveal this stuff even faster. Right. And so yeah. it's not, it's, it's a combination of the model itself, which is by, by definition, um, I would say more stressful, not in a bad way, but it presents your body with more stress than many fitness models in a subset of people who are already, um, uh, 
experienced in that, that realm. And so you're going to see from these individuals, oh, deadlifts have hurt a couple people's backs. Therefore deadlifts are bad. And really when you unpack it and when you look at it, if you want to heal and get better, rather than just live in fear of a particular movement pattern for the rest of your life, it's going to require you to, to really dig into why you're experiencing that pain. Yeah, I would, I would a hundred percent agree. And the, the important caveat, right. Is, you know, how you put it, you're, you're under the eye of well-trained, well-intentioned coaches, right. Mm -hmm. Who are going to get to know you and, and put you in a position to succeed, right. They're going to try to limit that capacity, but you know, we all get amped up and, um, even when done perfectly, you know, if you're not receiving any signals then you're, then you're doing it well. But we're all going to have those those moments where I would I would agree the the population that CrossFit typically grabs are those high level and then it can get that bad rep because they're always pushing that capacity and, and nobody pushes it perfect right I'm a PT yeah. I help people <clears throat> out of pain all day I push myself out of my capacity sometimes too like totally I'm not I, mean, I, I do as well and that's why it helps helps to have people outside of myself to to keep right. an eye on me Nick, um, do you see that um this is a, a kind of tangentially related to our conversation here, yeah. but I know that when people do start to experience that pain, generally they start by taking a day or two off, maybe longer, and they start to feel defeated. Yeah. When you're able to help someone uncover why that pain is sending them a signal and a sense, mm -hmm. um, I don't want to say defeat the pain, but learn from the pain and, yeah. and um, get to the root cause and, and work through yeah. it. Do you see that it reignites their passion for fitness or for, does it, or does it kind of level up what they have been experiencing before? Yeah, it's, it's amazing to experience and just get messages like, Hey, Dr. Nick, I, I PR'd my lift, right? Yeah. I, I got another PR and zero pain this time. And I feel just so much more confident in that. Um, I, I, I draw this graph sometimes for, um, for individuals and it's the same, kind of the same gra graph that's in cross. I think it's in the level one course handbook, but it's quality of life over time. Right. Totally. Yeah. And so often when something happens, you take that break, you take that step back and that's a little chunk down, right. That's a little chunk down of that quality of life. And unfortunately too many times and in, in the mainstream healthcare field, it's kind of like, okay, let's just try to keep you from falling further and falling yeah. further and falling further. Whereas it's, it's almost harm be, reduction versus yeah, pleasure magnification it, or it should be, Hey, I've got this chip and now I'm going to get it back. And I got yeah. the chip. And I'm going to get it back because you should live the highest quality of life and then go. Right. And especially um, if that, if that chip is indicative of something that's been limiting you for a while. Right. So maybe right. you've been, you've been operating at a 70% instead of a hundred, because there's some, something in your body, again, whether it's biomechanical, social, whatever, that's been, been limiting. You've been living in fear of it. And that's not necessarily conscious fear. You don't wake up every day, afraid of the right. boogeyman, but you uh, have been subtly um, changing your movement patterns to avoid it. And then yeah. you have this moment where you experience pain, which as you're saying is pain is a, it is an indicator. It's, it's like right. a check engine light. Exactly. It comes on quality goes down a little bit and you can get to a point. And this is where I think uh, the traditional healthcare model is wonderful in many ways, but it doesn't get you up to that point. They would say, avoid it. If it, if it right. aggravates it, avoid it or stop doing it. And that lives, you cause you to live in more fear, but you can actually rebound from that and grow farther than 70%. Yeah. Uh, 
again, when we go back to the earlier conversation that, that we have having earlier in our conversation, we're like, the human body is capable of so much. I have like, not everyone's making it to the CrossFit games. I'm sorry mm-hmm. that, you know, for anyone listening, not everyone's making it. Um, but that doesn't mean you can't live a super high quality of life, no matter where you are today. Yeah. Right. Um, there, there are obviously certain scenarios that are, that are harder to overcome for sure. And I'm not going to speak to any specific cause I haven't had super, super hard physical illness or things to overcome. And it's, it's all relative, right? Yeah. When you lose function of your legs, right. You have a skiing accident or whatever. I mean, that's, right. I can't imagine that. Right. But, but it's all, it's all relative, but I, I think we, um, I, what I love about CrossFit is that it's, it's a microcosm of life. We're all going to have pain come up. Yep. Psychological, physical, emotional, whatever it is. And we're all going to have moments of incredible joy and life is going to continue to to change. Just like both of us have learned in, in business, you have a goal and then business is about pivoting, right. And figuring right. out how on earth to get there, yeah. or if we need to readjust the goal, things don't go according to plan. And whether it's PT, CrossFit life, what we are training ourselves to do, hopefully, and what I believe we're training ourselves to do in both of our fields is to understand that pain is a teacher and that it's going to uh, allow us to learn more about ourselves and eventually level up where we're going. But we have that choice. Do we go down and let that pain defeat us and rule out that we're not going to be able to do something for the rest of our lives? Or do we try to learn from it and take the time put in the hard work to grow and, and elevate our playing field. Right. And that, that comes from surrounding yourself with the right people, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Totally. Where um, it, it kind of takes a person going there and overcoming piece A and then telling other people that they can overcome thing yep. A. So right. So and yeah, exactly. You know, it takes a village for all of us. You know, mm-hmm. there, I, I've always found the lone wolf a very interesting um, kind of illustration because the lone wolf oh. dies, right? The yeah. wolf is a pack animal. And um, it, it, you have to surround yourself with people who are overcoming, who are ahead of you and who are behind you. So you can encourage yeah. them, right? Sometimes you're at the back of the pack and you move into the middle. Sometimes spots open up at the top and it's your time to lead. Um, but surrounding yourself with this belief that I can overcome, that pain is a teacher, right? Um, our, our biggest referral at the clinic here is simply word of mouth, right? Mm-hmm. That somebody has overcome something that they didn't think they could overcome. Mm-hmm. And then they run into somebody who's just like, oh, I was told I couldn't overcome that. And they're yeah. like, no, you absolutely can. And that's going to happen in both of our fields, Right. And that's where, and what's so, so cool about that is that when they get that, that referral, it oftentimes isn't directly solicited. It's this person who's had a good experience and they can't shut up about it because it was so revolutionary in their life. Right. And that's such a cool thing to, it's cool for that person who has uh, been empowered to make this change in their life. The initial patient, it's cool for the other person who can see that, uh, that joy expressed and know that there is hope. And it's cool for us because it validates to a certain extent what we do. Right. And that's, that's where you see stuff for, for CrossFit's a, a great example of this. Like when I see the deadlift and the squat and the clean and the snatch to me as, as a traditional, like strength athlete, those all continue to make sense. But then you tell me, um, you know, Hey, you're going to be able to do a bar muscle up someday. And I'm like, yeah, right. Like no way. 
Like pull-ups are hard. And then when you nail that, there's so, there's, there's so many cool videos of, right. And you, you guys post these for like this person accomplished their first pull-up, their first, this, their first, that. And, you know, you could argue, is that functional fitness? How many times are you going to be hanging yeah. off a cliff? I, I, maybe not too <laughs> I will often. say they're not functional. It's a party um, trick. <laughs> but, but what it does to you mentally, what it does to you emotionally, where you realize I've been working at this thing for a long time and I overcame it. It's empowering. Right? It's, oh, and it, it sets you up for the next thing. And it sets you up for that. You get addicted to overcoming those things. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, as a coach, I'm sure it's like when you help that first person, you're like, that person nailed it. Mm-hmm. And the next person comes in and they're like, is that really possible? And you're like, absolutely. I just saw this person yeah. do that. And you can't yeah. wait to get them there. Mm-hmm. And it's about getting the right people to keep them on that journey. Cause sometimes it takes a while. Right. Yeah. I have so many people come into my office. They're like, is being pain-free really possible? Can I actually do my life without pain? And I'm like, you know how many trips up this mountain I've taken with other people. Let's go. Yeah. Let's and go it helps. do it. And I think there's that it's kind of related to, to, to social proof, but just in general, like as you build authority and, and practice in your area, it, yeah. it allows you to have the confidence to say, Hey, it, I know it seems worse right now, but it's yeah. going to be better than it was. All right. Or whatever it happens yeah. to be like, I know that I know you don't think this is possible, but it really is. And this is how we can get there. You can outline the steps. And that leads me to something. We've had a, a couple of PTs on the show. And one thing I wanted to ask um, is, Nick, talk me through like the, the process. And I know it's very individualized, especially for you, but let's say someone comes in just because we've been talking about it with back pain. Sure. They call up, call up gray duck or email you guys info at gray Yeah. Um, and, uh, they start with a consultation. Walk me through kind of what that process would look like for most patients. Yeah. So that consultation kind of happens in, in three kind of main stages. Okay. The first one is understanding that psychosocial who is in front of us, right? You aren't this, you aren't a back pain patient. You're a mother who's got teenage kids, you know, and dance who's stressful that way. And you do CrossFit, at CrossFit Zappa, and and deadlifts and hint, kettlebell swings, particularly Bobby, because kettlebell swings have a have a different like deadlifts yeah. are okay, but kettlebell swings aren't, and they have yeah. a different pressure on the spine. Get information the about them and their life yeah. and who they so are it's as about, a person. It's about finding who you are, and who you are as a person, and then we're gonna do some tests. So we take care of that psychosocial, and then we're gonna take care of the biomechanical. And you know, in our gym here, we've got you know a rack. We've got barbells. We're not here to put you on a machine or give you some, some really simple kind of like stretches. We're going to overhaul this system and we're going to figure out what we can help you with biomechanically and what tools we can get you to use, um, for your psychosocial, right? How can we help you? What tools can we give you for that? Nick, this is a, I'm probably going to be put on blast for saying this, but I think that there are some people that, uh, not no one that comes to mind right now, but just in general, I know in my life when I was in college, uh, friends of family and whatever, who, yeah. you know, they just, they're constantly like going to PT or they're constantly going to the hospital, yeah. right? Like, it's like every month they're in the hospital for something. And again, I, it, probably very valid reasons, whatever, but it's almost like the cycle of like, this is just what I do. Like I am the person who just constantly goes to PT every few months because of something new. And yeah. it's not, it's not playtime PT. You're here to really solve people's pain yeah. and get to the root cause of it. It's for people who really want to get better. 
Yeah, that's the well. Does that that's actually why sense? we started. I don't know if that's a, a bad. No, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, that's why we that's why we started our own practice. Like I've been a PT in multiple symptoms in multiple um, systems, and if you ask a PT in the system and you ask them to be frank with what they feel about documentation and limitations on visits and what you can do and how many of you have, you're going to get some pretty nasty answers. Like, um, and, and what we found was that I was being a part of that. I was being a part of exactly what you're talking about. And that kind of leads us to like our stage three of, you know, we got the first step biopsychosocial second, Hey, this is what's actually going on. And then third, we're going to say like, Hey, here's your path to be better. And it's always, more intense and longer than our patients expect when they come in yeah. but we're like hey you can deal with this problem now or you can deal with it later but it's your life is a race and you're going to be i tell people if you want to continue to be active without pain you're going to be forced to finish that race at some point or you're yeah. going to have to give up activity a b and c and i don't want you to give up activity a b and c and well, dude, it's just like when you uh you notice there was a problem with the the PT system as, yeah. as it was, or that you, from what you believed in, there was cognitive dissonance there. Yeah. And you could either deal with that later in life by living with the regret of not doing anything about it, or you could step out on your own, get this back room at a crappy little gym in Mount Zero, right. And set up yeah. there and struggle for a while, get hit with the pandemic in the middle of it, but right. eventually get to a point where you're at your own spot and you have a big, robust group of patients. You have, you have these referrals coming in, you have people and it's, it's just, it's so, um, uh, I think it's so fundamental in our life that, uh, and it's, I need to challenge myself with this on many levels as well, but the way to growth is through this stepping out and going down before we go back up. Right. right. And it's, and I know you and I have, you've died and I have talked to this where like when what you're doing is in line with what you value and, and my value came into, I'm going to truly help people. I'm going to stop cutting this head off the weed and waiting for it to grow back. Cause I know it's going to grow back and I'm going to attack the root. And the truth is a lot of mainstream healthcare doesn't give you the time or room to do that very well. It does for some people. And I'm super glad when people are like, I got better at PT. I'm like, good. And then there's a ton of people out there that think PT doesn't work. And it's because they're not being allowed access to go at to the root of that problem, getting rid of the weed. But you and I have talked about It's just like, I think it's people looking for a a quick fix and we I don't want to keep you too long, but it's like, you know, it's like they, they are going to go take diabetes medication, but then they're going to have little Debbie's every night. Right. And it's, it's like, okay, I'm going to go get PT for it because that's what the doctor told me to do, but I'm not going to really do my exercises. I'm not going to exercise outside of it. And it's just going to be a thing that I do. Right. There's a Louis CK joke about it. Yeah. um, But uh, it's anyway, uh, it's super, it is super important, but again, going to who you're being guided by. Like there are yeah. still healthcare professionals out there who think CrossFit is bad for you. Yeah. That's, that's wrong. CrossFit is not bad for you. It shows you what you're bad at. And, um, it, and I know we talked like when you match with what your values are, you can withstand a lot of things. Sure. A pandemic came sure. You know, business has gone up and down. It's always going to, you're well aware yeah. of that. Yeah. Right. Um, but when you have inherently in your value, like, I want to do this. You're going to be able to rebuff a lot of, a lot of things. And that's, you know, we ask our patients when they come in, you know, why, why are you here? And they're like, Oh, to get out of pain. We're like, "Mm -mm, not good enough. 
you're going to get out of pain before we solve the root of the problem. Yeah. Like, what is your why? I have, yeah. you know, and it's about uncovering and again, helping them explore more. There's, there's been a, multiple individuals who've come to me with foot pain, for instance, and they're like, I just want to be able to stand and I just want to be able to walk for the day. And I'm like, mm, you're a runner, aren't you? They're like, I'm a runner and I love to yeah. run and I can't run anymore. But I was told I couldn't run anymore. And I'm like, nah, no, let's go run. Let's get to running. I love yeah. that. Like, it, I think it's under many different names, but like the seven whys or whatever. So yeah. you know, we see that why people come in. Well, why, why do you want to you know, exercise? Well, I want to lose some weight. Well, why do you want to lose weight? Well, I, I don't fit in my jeans anymore. Well, why, why is that important? Well, I'm, you know, I'm worried that my, my wife doesn't find me attractive. Right. And it, it really gets to, and why is that important to you? Because I love my wife. Right? right. And it's, and we get to the, really the root cause of it. And we could go down this rabbit hole for a while, but that's really right. uh, it's, it's foundational to understand that because when the going gets tough, if you don't have that um, front and center, it's going to be, it's going to be tough to keep going. You can with willpower, but when you have others to support you and you have a clearly identified goal, it's going to make it so much uh so much more natural and fluid to do. Right. And, and not just having that why, because we all have that why in us. Mm -hmm. It's what causes us to action, right? There's mm -hmm. multiple stages of action. So pre-contemplation, contemplation, actually taking action. So that why is in us if we're taking an action, right? Mm -hmm. But getting a community, a coach who cares and asks why, well, now you've got a why that's out there that you can be held accountable to. Because again, it takes a village. So not Oftentimes just having I, a why. I work with people, it's like, I'm not, I'm not teaching them anything and pulling information out of them that they already know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I tell that to patients all the time. I'm like, yeah, you have the answers. I need you to tell me what they are. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and for, you know, you, like for you, it's like you, you know, your clients, have the answer of what they want to do, why they want to be able to do it. And it's, it's up to, you know, and you, you guys do a great job of this, of connecting, right. And implementing and, and feeling like you are part of something where I know my why, but Oh, coach Nick knows my why. So, here, so yeah. if I stop showing up and you're like, Hey, what about this? Why? Like, well, yeah. yeah. And like, not just having a why, but having other people who know and care about your why yeah. makes a world of difference. Well, Nick, this is great, man. I, I know uh, you got a lot going on, but I, I we could jam on this for hours. I love some of the conversations we've had when I get yeah. you started talking about human movement. Uh, Nick is one of the most uh, passionate and um knowledgeable people that I've ever met. So uh, if you need, need PT help, we got a great uh, group of PTs who frequent our gym and Nick is uh, certainly one of them. He's at uh, great Duck physical therapy, Nick, tell people how they can find you. Yeah. Great Uh That's great with an a PT.com. Um, you find us on Facebook. We get, we have helpful input, uh, tips as much as my video editor, i.e. me um, can do on Instagram. Um, and something we offer for everybody is, you know, a free conversation. You know, we want you to have an informed, like, are we the right fit for you? Are you the right fit for us? So just click a contact, give us a call. Um, there's no strings attached. You can find out more about who we are and we'll find out more about who you are because we want to make sure that the fit is mutual, that not just you're a right fit for us, but we're a right fit for you. 
and uh, want to make sure everybody's on the same page. Totally, man. I think something you said sparked a little thought that I had just that what you do uh, at Grey Duck, what we do at Southpaw, it's a lot of the people in our uh, ecosystem. Uh, we do it because we want to show people that there is a better way, that there are people who care and that they don't have to do it alone, right? Yep. You don't have to learn how to lose weight on your own. You don't have to learn how to get out of back pain on your own. You probably could spend thousands of hours on YouTube and lots of failed attempts and make it a little worse. And maybe eventually you'd figure something out, but uh, there are people who care, who have done it before, who have done it with others, and we want to help you succeed. And I think that's exactly why you do what you do and uh, what makes you so successful. Yeah, I think I, I call it the average driver bias where you run into trouble if you do it alone. Like if you ask the average driver how good their driving is, they're going to rate themselves as an above average driver. And I sit there and I'm like, that's not how averages work. Sometimes yeah. you're going to be good. Some guys are going to be bad. And to get somebody outside yourself, I'm a physical therapist. Coaches call me out on stuff, right? Like, I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. I was missing that little part in me today because I thought I was a little bit better today than I was. And it's important to have that relationship where you can call it. But yeah, I, I talk about this with patients all the time where um, you need help. You can go look for it and you can think you're doing it right. And you're, you're doing it completely wrong, but you can think so inherently that you're doing it right. Yeah. And you need to just submit yourself and eat that humble pie because you don't eat it now. You're going to be forced to eat it later at some point. Well, what is that? We make, we make emotional decisions and justify them with logic, right? Yeah. I mean, this is a whole new rabbit hole. So yeah. I'll, I'll stop it there, but yeah, Nick, it's so great having you on. Thanks so much, man. And uh, we look forward to seeing you soon. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, man. Absolutely.